so many of us need to do less out there. I think that's the main takeaway. I think it's huge. And welcome back to another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We got Mr. Matt Cermak here. What's going on, Mr. Cermak? Happy New Year. 2021. We made it. We did make it. Yeah, we made it. And in case you guys are new, a little bit about the part train. When you're on the part train, guys, golf, the hardest game in the world, feels easy. And our mission is to take the lessons from the golf course and apply them to your life. Make the hard stuff seem easy and help you get better on and off the course with interviews from PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, and more. You'll finally learn how to get better and enjoy the ride. What it's all about. And that's the key. That is the key, Ev. And a quick word from our friends over at Roback. Uh, if you guys haven't wow. gotten any Roback gear, uh, this is probably the time to do it. You might have gotten a holiday gift you didn't like. I mean, I don't know about you, Matt, but I had multiple people get me Roback gear. They just know it's it's a yeah. fail-safe gift. I'm gonna love it, right? Regardless of what they get me. And I got people Roback. I mean. That, I think I mean, that's how you sight, know. Out of mind. <laughs> that's how you know, right? I, uh, Matt, a, a foolproof gift. And as partners, we're lucky to get stuff for free. And I still buy stuff. I still buy it on my own. One of my buddies the other night said, uh, do you have a rollback vest in every color? Like, just look at me. <laughs> just, <laughs> I said, not yet, but I've got a few. Yeah. And, <laughs> and in terms of, you know, holiday gifts, you know, I'm uh, for my brothers. Just, uh, hey, guys, pick out a hat, you know? Yeah. And row back hat. And there's they got they got traditional, they got the rope, they got kind of trucker style. It's uh it's great stuff happening over there. Yeah. So guys, start the year off right. Go to the show notes or our link in bio and any of our social accounts at the par train uh and get 15% off your first order. Click on that link, no promo code needed, get yourself 15% off. And uh I know there's a lot of styles probably sold out right now, but keep checking back. Because I, they always oh, yeah. sell a lot through the holiday season. So um, check to see if your sizes are there. If not, keep checking back, and I'm sure they'll they'll have it soon. Oh yeah. Okay. So this episode, Matt, uh, we were talking a lot off air. I think we wanted to do something special to start the year off, right? Our first episode of 2021, and we know our listeners love the mental game stuff, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. So we thought. You know, we did a recap of our hundredth, our hundredth episode, but we thought it'd be fun to kind of do a recap of for ourselves of what we've learned from all of our guests in 2020, what we've been struggling with mentally, uh, and what we've been doing really well mentally this year. It's almost like a mental game roundtable amongst ourselves, Um, and we plan to have a lot more of those throughout the year. So I'm really excited for this because there's going to be a lot of stuff that I'm sure is very relatable for the average golfer out there and hopefully puts you guys in a great mindset to start the new year off right. Well, and here's the, I think the good thing for our listeners out there in warm climates and cold climates, look, I mean, come December one, for me, I've been, you you put the clubs up, you know, occasionally can go hit balls indoors or if you got like a heated range, but it's really becomes a true time of reflection when you live in the Midwest or the Northeast. But for you, you know, you can kind of keep going. There's really no stop being out in LA, but I think you'll get into, you still have to right, kind of towards the end of the year and do stop and think about 
how you played this year, what you worked on, what was good, right? And yeah, you know, you might be able to go tee it up tomorrow as opposed to me, but you got to have these moments, right? And how you're going to move forward. You got to look at the good, the, the positives first in anybody's game, right? Yeah. And if you and I are, I think, you know, when you and I talk about our games, we there's a lot of a lot of listeners out there can relate, right? Um, so for me, well, what was fun for me, and I think this is a story for a lot of people, is I played my most rounds of golf in 2020 since college, which was really cool. I played wow, 18, yeah. 18 whole rounds um, that like I could post scores. And that was a lot for me. You only played 18 times? I don't get to play as much as you do, but in terms of, <laughs> you know, handy, posting, you know, scores in my for my yeah, handicap. Yeah. You know, I played a couple of scrambles. There was member guests. So there was more rounds. You know what I mean? But in terms of like looking at my, you know, so maybe that was closer to like 25 or 30 and like nine, maybe a couple nine holes in there as well. But, um, so that was fun. And, um, the quick stat we were talking about is supposedly there was 11 million more rounds in 2020 across the country than it was in 2019. And the sport is at an interest level in terms of like, you know, people really interested in the game, same kind of interest level that was in 1997 tiger. Right. So that's really good. Right. So, for, so what you're saying so is, for me, is the Charlie um, effect. 2020 was the Charlie effect is what you're saying. Well, I think that was the cherry on top. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like this kid's better than me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just went out to the range after they saw him playing. Yeah. But um, yeah. So for, um, for my game, you know, I um, some of the goods I did this year was I had a very, you know, consistent miss. Um, and that really kind of helped me stick to my plan throughout the year. Um, and that consisted of minutes off the tee was, you know, kind of off to the right. I really managed to not hit a lot of shots dread left that dreaded pull hook. You hate that shot. That, you know, yeah, I mean, it happened, you know, but, yeah. um, not consistently, which was great. And I thought a lot of my iron play was really smart this year. Missed a lot. I just, I took a more conservative approach and missed a lot short. Um, so I never felt like I was giving myself very, very difficult pitches and chips and bunker shots. I mean, obviously it happened at some point, but not consistently. And I feel like those two things off the tee and then into the greens, you know, I just didn't have a ton of big, big numbers. Um, and I, you know, that helped me kind of just plot along on the course. Um, so when I was looking at my rounds of my low round of the year was 68, it was two under, Wow, that was early in the season. Not a real hard course, pretty short, um, but I didn't hit it very good that day, actually, I remember. Um, didn't feel very confident off the tee, but I just kind of missed it in the right spots, you know, and just hit a lot of greens. And, you know, that was kind of a, you know, it was nothing fancy looking, but, you know, ended up with a good score. Was and it the I type of round where you just had all pars and two birdies or was it up and down? You made a lot of birdies. Oh, it was what you, yeah, the first description i think it was okay. 15 par like or 14 pars you know three birdies and above our train heard of it yeah <laughs> it's a nice train. staying on brand um and then i had a, a 100 par 71 at bull valley and if anybody plays golf in the Chicagoland area bull valley is arguably the one or two hardest courses in the metro area and that was on a, like a 45 degree day in the rain we oh. played at like 66 6700 yards and i just I didn't miss many shots that day. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those, I mean, that was, 
you know, did you embrace, way more proud did you embrace the day going into it? Cause a lot of people would have been like dreading that day. Totally. It was with, um, two, one of my grade school, one of my longest old buddies from grade school. And then his two buddies, we had played one round together. I'm like, we got to get another one in and they had never played there. So everybody was kind of excited, but it was a, we're like the only ones out on the course. So I did embrace it. It was like, well, we're here. It's full Valley, you know? Um, and that was a day where I just, I maybe missed, I missed two or three shots the whole day, which is low, you know, just hitting knockdowns out of the greens. Yep. Um, in terms of bad rounds, I had two rounds. I shot 80. One was at Coghill. And you know what? That's one of the harder courses around, you know, one of those days I hit a fair amount of good shots, just a few loose shots and it got back for a couple doubles. And then I had an 80 at Ruth Lake, which is a, a good private course, but not nearly as hard as, um, as uh as uh bull valley or or cog hill so um the handicap kind of ended around a 1.1 1. 1. um it was just a lot of it was just a lot of rounds between 73 and 76 yep. so that's kind of that's kind of a high level for me uh, what about you in terms of you know the goods and then some of the scores to reflect on yeah, I mean, I won't go into too much detail about the actual scores and my play, but I will say, I'd say over the last year and a half, year, two years, it's been a bit of a struggle with my actual play. And ironically, I think I've had one of my best mindsets. I've learned more about the mental game and I actually think I know more about the swing than I ever have, which actually could be one of my biggest hurdles right now, which we can talk about, is I noticed that it's very common for me uh, over the past year to, because I've been working a lot with Chuck Quinton, who we've had on the show and yep. been working on my swing. And, you know, one thing he said, most people don't know how to use their body. A lot, you hear a lot of pros like from the ground up, right? A lot of people don't know what that means or how that works. People thought it was ridiculous when Tiger talked about his glute and everything. And I, I, I think 99% of golfers don't understand how that works. And so for me, one of the biggest struggles over this past year is I would go out and I'd hit the ball great, but I know in the back of my mind, I did it with arms that day. Like, and so there's a bit of a hurdle that I need to get over, which is it doesn't need to be, I, I'm, I'm finding that. I'm, I'm getting down on myself because it's not correct, right? Because I'm not doing it, quote, the right way. And I think a lot of people get swept up in fundamentals and swing mechanics and the look of the swing when I so desperately want to get a more consistent swing. I'm the golfer, so I'm in, I've gone up to an eight right now. I've been as low as a five. And I'm the golfer that has gone through streaks of 74s, 75s, 77s consistently to shooting a 90, right? And for me, right. it's been very frustrating because I know the 74 golfers in there. And when I hit it good, it's like unbelievably good, right? Like it's a wow good, like 300 yards with a three wood type good at times. And, um, of course, every golfer wants to do that every time. So it's the disparity. And so that's why I put so much effort right. into trying to learn 
how to use my body and make my move much more consistent versus my arms. And we can get into this in more detail, but that's been the yeah. biggest struggle for me is the, you know, getting over the hurdle of well, like, quite, you're working on something and right. you, you don't feel comfortable to bring it on the course. So it kind of feels like you throw it all to the side and you're playing, you know, your old stuff. And that's been tough. Right. I think it is a challenge trying to go from an upper body swinger to a lower body swinger. Yeah. It's just, how do you find something that right. is, you know, and I think that that is a great it, statement. It, it may That's not be what everybody's perfect, looking yeah. for, you know, everyone's looking to find something right? I mean, that they can take with them to the course. Right. One thing that, you know, part trained guest, Steve Danino from hack to scratch. Uh, we had him on what a year and a half ago. I've had a couple lessons from him. We're a good move that we've kind of, it's really helped me is that feeling that sit down motion as the first move in transition. You know, and that helped me a ton this year. I was one, a lesson we took early, a lesson I took earlier in the year. Yeah, because you struggled with rotation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Too often, just kind of, just shoulders getting too, too into it. You know, m- moving into the ball too quick. So that kind of lowering. Now, is it perfect? No, Ev. You know, I mean, it's but it's a start, and you, you got to feel like you're. Do you have a feeling? You know, that's a start. You know that's working you into that direction that's the key right yeah i think it's an interesting thing too for a lot of people where it's like you're working on things and um i think one of my biggest lessons of the year it started with steven yellen's interview with fluid motion and i tried everything he taught us and I, i saw a lot of great results but i realized what it came down to is lack of tension Right. And so I had a, um, a posture issue where I was very hunched and rounded at the top, um, which was kind of hard for me to then rotate and rotate around my thoracic spine. And so I've been working on my posture with Chuck. And one of the first rounds I tried with better posture where I kind of had that flat back, right? I hit. Yeah. My, I probably had the best round I've had in years off the tee. I've been struggling off the tee for a while, especially with the driver. Three was, yeah. you know, much better. But, um, and I realized, holy shit, I was standing. Remember how Stephen Yellen said, if he took the club out of your hand, how would your body feel over the ball? You would feel like you're just standing there right. with no club, right? That's the goal. Right. It shouldn't change when the club gets in your hand. And yeah, I was still swinging with my arms, but the absence of tension had more impact than any technical swing mechanic I was trying to do, right? And that was, to me, one of the best learnings of the year of my golfing life, really, is doing whatever you can to stand up to the ball relaxed, maybe spend less time over the ball because that's only adding tension. Your grip gets tight. Your muscles tense up. Totally. Just get over the ball real relaxed and go, right? Why? Well, it seems like such an easy concept, right? Right. But when your mind's racing or thinking about mechanics or yeah. trying to force a move, none of that can happen, right? Right. So it's, the, it sounds like to me it's that you've at least gotten to the point where 
you've been able to recognize it and do it at times. Obviously, yeah. you're doing it more, but you you have found a place mentally out there now that you know it's kind of where you can go peak, right? Thanks yeah. to the fluidity motion factor and a lot of that, that language is really, you know, hit home with you. Is that fair? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge for a lot of people, including myself, is how do you take something you've been working on to the course, but also going with something that is simple that day. So if I'm trying to feel like right. my right knee is starting the downswing and my hips are opening, something I've never done, right? It's probably not best for me to be thinking about that on the course. And that's taken a while for me to figure out. Like that is stuff to hammer on the range. It's actually, we've never really talked about this term. It's kind of a hard thing to commit to because you're working on something, you're spending all this time. Why wouldn't you focus on it on the course? But well, I guess what I've, you can, but I guess what I've realized it, it, is with lower body stuff, it, it's very hard to do that consciously. So for it, me, what's worked better is I need to put in the reps and then I need to just trust that it's there and focus on either my tempo or my posture yeah. and go with that. Right. Well, it, 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 it's interesting because I'll tell you what the work Danino and I did working on that first working on the transition the body's going down low and back it's that sit sitting down i rehearsed the hell out of that yeah in my practice swings because you know um, i just want to feel it and that's actually really worked for me now but i think it's just i'm thinking about just sit i'm not thinking about like my glute right. turning or my knees but i know what a sit is right i'm standing right I'll lower and sit and that, and I, and I look kind of goofy doing it, <laughs> you know, you know, we didn't play this year, but my practice ones, but I'm, I'm just trying to really feel it. And I tell you what, that's really, that really helped me personally. It was just a simple thought, but it was mechanical. It's like, I need to do this to give myself a chance. If I don't sit and lower, I'm going to stand up and whip my hands at it. Right. Yeah. And that really created that consistent mess because it more often than not, I was at least making a decent pass at it. Yeah. What do you think of that? Because you're working on your lower body, you know, I don't know. You got you're, you're close. It sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I think you just have to find what's working for you. Right. Like I think I was, I've had a little bit of paralysis by analysis this year with my swing. And it, you know, we talked to Kevin Chapel about this years ago um, about I think one of his goals when we talked was he didn't want to change his routine all year, his putting technique, yeah, his putting routine, that. because he found that if he had an off day, he would start tweaking his grip and tweaking things. And I do that all the time. Like every week I'm trying something to try and find that thing, which is why I'm trying to educate myself so that I'm not just out there frustrated looking for something, but I actually know what I'm trying to get to. You know, that, that's a big problem, I think. Well, let me, let me ask you a question. I mean, in this, you know, as you work on your mechanics and when you say you're constantly tweaking every week, do you feel like sometimes some of your issues uh, that led to your higher scores was just, you didn't have a consistent routine. You didn't have, you, you didn't create that consistency of going to the range and then going to the first tee to find the flow. It's, you know, do you, you know what I mean? Cause you, your mind was just always moving in different directions and you didn't focus on, 
how many balls I'm going to hit walking the same speed, breathing those kinds of things. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I think the bigger part for me was probably the fact that, and a lot of people probably do this. I got so swept up with what I'm trying to do mechanically that it got me back to playing in fear versus playing free, right? Because it's, 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 yeah, it's harder to commit when you're in between so many different things. Right. And I think a lot of people struggle with, well, this didn't work today. What am I going to go to? And it's, you know, it's pretty disconcerting when you don't know what to go to. But I think that going back to the tension thing, that's where that stuff, like I just played, it's called the bridges uh, in Northern California with my girlfriend and her sister and brother-in-law. And I was just committed to, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if I'm using my lower body. I'm not going to think about it because that it, it's harder for me to free flow because it's totally opposite of everything I've ever done for 15 years. So I was just like, right. you know what? I'm going to maintain my posture. I'm going to work on this takeaway that I know gets me more on, on plane than going inside and flipping mm-hmm. my arms. And I'm just going to focus on my three wood off the tee because I know that my miss with the three wood is playable versus the driver. The big block comes into play. So I did that. This, this course, I never played it super narrow, crazy. Every hole had a force carries blind shots, small landing areas, wind cold. And granted we, we lost a few strokes simply because we didn't know the right line to take right there was a surprise when we got out there i shot an 83 um one of my best ball striking rounds of the year and i played if you look at my mindset i was just focused on controlling what i could control right I, i wasn't really wrapped up in the swing as much which ironically gave me more confidence it's it's a weird thing (laughs) that's that's how it works yeah (laughs) but it's weird most people most people wait to see results until they feel confident right where of course on the range i was hitting it okay so like okay i'm gonna go with this i feel good about it but you know i think uh so many of us need to do less out there i think that's the main takeaway i think it's huge right i mean you gotta simply you gotta find a way to simplify things but at the same time you know, getting better, but you have to ask yourself, what's the end game? Right. What's the end goal? Is it to be a one, is it to be a one handicap? Right. You'd love to be right. Yeah. But how do you get there though? Just by working on your swing or, you know, creating new goals for yourself around your game that you need to hit. Right. Did you feel like your short game got neglected this year? You know, Oh, for sure. Right, because you're just you're really caught up in making the most out of your practice time with your long game. Yeah, you know, I felt for me, you know, when I think about some of the things for me, I can do better. I thought my short game got a little sloppy towards the end of the year. Um, it's very unlike you. I think I was getting too um, handsy with some of my I, chips and pitches. Me too. I yeah. I have something I want to tell you about that. I just started trying something new. I think that's part of the reason why I shot an eighty three. And I think, you know, you and I have worked on short game together. You can't, you know, it's okay to be handsy when you need to be, but I was like just very reliant and I'd hit a lot of simple pitches and chips to 
seven, eight feet when those are opportunities, you know, could, you know, really just put it in there tight. And so it was, I recognized kind of on my, one of my last two rounds, like, you know, you got just get your arms back. You know, you can be a big muscles chipper too. have both. And, you know, so one thought I started thinking about was, you know, kind of like these simple 20 yard, 30 pitches, 30 yard pitches, you know, with a 58 degree, just rock your shoulders and, you know, and really, and just release with like a little, you know, more of a big muscle as opposed to just kind of opening and closing hands. It's because there's times I just get stuck and that's just, and it's just laziness. It's just realize that you've got other choices. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. so that, and then my bunker play too was a little, a little sloppy towards the end of the year too. I found myself kind of hitting some shots heavy and I, and I'm kind of with my handle just a little too, too far forward in address. Um, need to get that a little more back so I can cock the club up. So, um, I don't get to practice my short game a ton. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be thinking the right things. So that was yeah. important for, you know, that's, that's a couple strokes out there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think the learning for me in that category was getting curious, right? So like I was using my hands cause I, you helped me realize I could use my hands. It's okay. For sure. Right. Yeah. And that really helped me. But then I realized, you know, I'm consistently hitting it off the toe, like mm-hmm. consistently, very like it just dies. Right. It, I, I get no yeah. role. It, it's just, and then I started to hit it a little fat again. And I'm like, yeah. you know, let me get curious. And cause I think one of the challenges with COVID, at least in LA is the courses. Yeah. Everyone's playing more golf, but short game areas are closed. Like the ranges are open and a lot of them force you to wear masks or they have, you know, you're di- a little bit right. distance cause you're staying to your stall, but short game areas, they can't control. So short game areas were always closed. Well, uh, before our round short game area was open. And so I got curious. I'm like, Oh, I haven't been able to like practice stuff. Remember it's fun to just kind of go and try to put it back in your stance. See how it comes out, put it up in your stance. See how it comes out, be more armsy. Yeah. See how it comes out, right? Exactly. Open the face, see what happens. And I started doing more arms, just staying very quiet with my body and just swinging my arms. Yeah. And for the first time all year, the ball is coming out in the middle of the face, very controlled. I felt like I could easily throw it up in the air, easily flight it down and felt very consistent. So that's right. what I went with in my round. And uh, so I think get curious is a great lesson. You know, it's, yeah. you might be doing, I think what a lot of golfers do and people do this in life too, is you get so bogged down with your current reality and you get so frustrated with the results or lack thereof that you're getting that right. you don't actually take a step back and ask yourself that like you just asked me, what am I trying to accomplish? What haven't I tried? What can I try? And just yeah. try things and see what happens. Totally. Right? Totally. There's a lot of different ways to do it. And we talked about that with chipping, chipping and pitching, especially. You got to understand lie recognition and fundamentals, but you can do like you're saying, get curious, get, you know, get creative. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're seeing a consistent pattern and sometimes, like you said, the long game, really, we notice everything, but those chips and pitches, sometimes it takes longer to realize like, Hey, why, why am I not getting up and down when I should, right? Why that, 
that's just not a solid chip or pitch, you know, yeah. like, is it because you need to just try a different move? Right. right. And that's, what's great about chipping. You can, you can, you can have the same pitcher chip from off the green with a good like and try your hands. You can try your arms. Right. And yeah. And some days it's going to work better one or the other, but you got to realize that. Right. You got to realize that. Yeah. You know? And that's how you got to learn to play on the fly to fix on the fly. Yeah. And I think if you guys don't take anything from this conversation, take this before you hit a shot, ask yourself, what am I trying to do here? Right. Most people walk into a shot, whether it's a 20 yard chip or a 300 yard drive, drivable for whatever it is. And you're so wrapped up. I've fallen into this too. You get wrapped up in what you're trying to do and where you're not trying to go that you don't actually think about what you're trying to achieve and how you want to do it. So that's where we've talked about this before, Matt, that's when the chip over the green, when you can't go long happens because you're so focused on hitting it solid or this move in your motion that you're not conscious about where you want to leave it or where you can miss it. Right. Right. No, a hundred percent. And the two other quick learnings to take um, that I'm working on what we talked about the lie, which way is the grass growing? So many people don't stop and look at this. Is it going, is it growing away from you or towards you? If it's away from you, the ball's going to come out easier. Yeah. Even if it's not like totally propped up the lie, even, but if it's so that ball's going to jump, right. And it's going to get moving. That grass is against you. You've got to go, you know, it's going to take a little more oomph, you know, Right. but that's huge. And another thing. So I think that's huge for anybody listening because that's going to understand, you're going to understand trajectory and speed because chipping's all feel also, but the pros do such a great job at when they're looking at their chips and pitches, they're reading the green, they're kind of walking up to the flag. They're walking back. They do this little practice motion with their arm, like kind of doing a little, you know, shadow swing to feel. I think that's really big. Feldo talks about that too in some of his instruction videos. You know, do those shadow swings without the club. Like you, you really got to feel this. Hmm. Like, I think that I think it's huge. You know, Tiger. Tiger told Jason Day on one of their TaylorMade videos that he doesn't try and land that's, it anywhere. Now, obviously, yeah, that's saw, Tiger. That's a good. That's a good video with Rory. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. But and he Jason, yeah. and I've tried this before. It's actually worked for me. Where you're right it's almost like this you see it and you kind of just like feel it it's hard to explain you're but it's yeah. it's much less uh prescriptive and methodical it's a much more feel imaginative way to play right. around the greens at least and uh it's an interesting way to free yourself up and kind of like put yourself into the shot you know right what are you what am i trying to do on the on any shot but what is it? You have to have intentions, right? Right. You have to be purposeful and making those practice rings, looking at the lie, feeling that that's everything you have to do. If not, you're, you know, you're just kind of not chip chipping without a purpose. Right. So I think that's huge. Right. Um, especially when you want to save those three or four shots. And one thing for me too, I was, we we're just talking about learning uh, putting for me. I found myself putting better on slower greens this year than faster greens. Hmm. And, um, that really never used to be the case for me. Um, so if I thought that was interesting, I think possibly what that could, you know, could be is my strokes maybe a little more poppy 
you know, and a little, oh, a little on, the short, on the shorter side. And, you know, cause you gotta, you know, on a slow green up the hill, you gotta bang it. Right. And that, that can be good there. Um, but sometimes on faster greens, not as good. Right. And you're a little quick, you know, and the ball's jumping off the face too quick. Right. And your speed yeah. gets off. So, um, putting's all about speed. Right. And, uh, so, you know, I think I was input bad, but you know, there was on days where I hit it pretty well, uh, you know, like it, like it's the game of golf, but there was maybe some inconsistency in my speed for some, mm. you know, to make a few more birdies, but, uh, just, I just found that interesting. Go- right. That <laughs> golf is crazy like this. Yeah. It's like, well, that used to be a great fast green putter. <laughs> you know, right. Like, you know, well, you bring, you this know, brings up that? a great point. This brings up a great point where we hang on to our former selves and performances, right? So yeah. like when I'm shooting 88s and 86s, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is, what the hell is this? I used to, when I played bad, I'd shoot an 81, 82, right? Yeah. Um, same thing with you on the greens. And what one thing I'll never forget is Brett McCabe, uh, sports psychologist we had on the podcast who uh, coaches Billy Horschel and a bunch of guys on tour. Um, he said, you know, he played in a tournament or a member guest. I think he's like a one or a two handicap. And uh, I think he started playing really bad. And he said to himself, you're the, come on, doc. Like you're the sports psychologist. Like, don't let this rattle you. This is what you do for a living, right? And he actually psyched himself out by being so conscious about that he should, should is the key word here, be better mentally. I've struggled with this too, right? Where it's really easy to um, put yourself or your former self on a pedestal. And it's so easy to wrap ourselves and our performance into our identity right? Like you've been a golfer your whole life. We call ourselves golfers, right? And you're, you're scratched one handicap played in college. Like if you play bad, it's, it's like when Sean Foley once said, you can't tell a tour pro it's just golf when that's right. their, basically their identity. That's been their whole life. Right. right. So the question is how to break out of that. And what I've realized this year is there's no such thing as going backwards. There, there is only Obviously, yes, your scores can go up. Your handicap can go up. You can start playing not as good as you used to. But there's no such thing as this panic-ridden, oh, my God, I'm not as good as I used to. I'm regressing. There only is learning, right? I I think you're right. I I think you can go backwards if you're becoming more negative, if you're having less fun which is easy to do out there. Right. So, um, I think you got to watch that, but, but to your point, very interesting, right. About how to deal with all this. And Brett McCabe talked about when we had him on, he talked about Webb Simpson and his attitude, right. Well, I think he's a very religious guy. Let God, let God and let go. Right. Like every shot is to to, to him is God's plan. Right. Whether that's, and so he has no attachment and, and then he, he doesn't, this is not his identity. Right. Right. Golf is just every shot, every shot or every round. It just, just reveals the time. And he kind of takes it into a spiritual place, but 
that is any version of that, I think is really the way to go. Well, the key, Would you yeah, agree? Oh yeah. The takeaway there is, and this is so much easier said than done, but if you guys could figure out a way to try this the next time you play, and we've said this before, but it's this, it's this like letting go of it's okay. Any result is okay. Right? Like, Brett talked about this when he played with his pros. He felt a lot of pressure to play well when he's playing with them. And then you remember, oh, well, they don't give a shit. They play with amateurs all the time. It's not going to make them like him more or less, depending on the way he right. plays. He's, they're not paying him to play well. They're paying him to help them play well mentally through their mental approach, right? Yeah. So it's, I think a lot of us can approach golf in 21 and life a little bit more with a fuck it. I don't care. Like, I know it's hard to say I don't care, but obviously we care about where the ball goes. But the minute that you start to like understand that the only thing you can control is your one thing. So if your one thing is posture or your one thing is tempo or your one thing is your takeaway, get maniacally focused on that and then and what you're trying to do, right? And right. let the rest happen because it's so funny that the shots that I'm so holding on to not block it, I block it. It's the ones you do. Yeah. And it's so hard right. to do, but you just, it, you just have to figure out a way to do it. And whatever right. you have to say to yourself to you know, wherever this goes, I'm okay with it and focus on the thing that works for you. Experiment with it. Like what's your thing, right? Yeah, no, totally. I, for me, for 2021, a couple of the key learnings from our show in 2020, um, I was thinking about how I can really take into 2021. Sean Foley, when he talked about, look, if you're going to come practice and you're going to work with me, it's going to be insanely focused. We like, I, we're going to go to war together. You're going to make so much out of your practice. And I, I don't get, I'm not going to go out and practice for five hours with Sean Foley, but if you go to the range for a large bucket of balls, I mean, that is, that is as intense as it's going to get and really focus on what you're trying to do as opposed to like just going and hitting balls and, you know, for so this is for me do? having a you know social time. I mean, for so me, what do you do at the rank at this for, at the range, yeah. Uh, I'm th I'm thinking about the you know I'm working on my one, so my one maybe my kind of mechanical move, which was like that sit move. Mm -hmm. I'm really focused on that, and then and that's combined with grip alignment. So I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting that club down. I'm getting that alignment stick down for my feet. So I'm really focused on that combination of like grip stance alignment, and then my one kind of big move. But every but. Uh, 85, I would say to 90% of the balls I'm going to hit, I'm going to go through my pre-shot routine on every shot. Wow. And you're picking yeah. different targets, I assume? I'm just different targets, different, you know, different trajectories. Like I'm going, standing behind, set my grip, look at my alignment and walking into it. Um, maybe when I warm up, I'll hit a few pitches like in a row, but I've, I've got 80 balls I and mean, I've got 45 minutes an hour get really just make it a really intense, you know, so I can, you know, I and then I can look back or if I'm out on the course, I can, you know, I can kind of channel some of that. Yeah. Right. 
for me, if I don't, it's just, oh, it's just another day at the range. And you can be working on stuff, but like I'm trying to create my range sessions into playing like, like tournament sessions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Because I don't because have, and, and I don't want to overly work on mechanics or overly be in training mode because one, I can't practice every day anymore, you know, anymore. So I'm really just, I know what I need to work on, but I'm getting in playing mode. That's big Foley. I thought was huge on that, you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. I I found, uh, I think Genghis told us this, George Genghis, where he was, you know, he talked about a drill he does with his players where they, uh you have nine balls we've talked about this before nine balls short game drill you've got a chip a pitch and a flop from the same area to the same pin and after each shot you put down your wedge and you walk up with your putter just like you would on the course and you got to make six out of nine before you can move on and you keep going and so that is similar to what you said at the range which is you start to feel the pressure that you feel in a course of, I got to make this. Not that you ever really want to have that thought. I got to make this right. I prefer to just but get it good, on my line, good. but, but that's there. It's going to be, it's going to, yeah, it's going right? to be there. So like on the, the fun thing on the range is what I've done is that uh, Westchester, the range in LA that I go to most often, there's poles at the end of the range where the net is. And I'll say to myself, uh, that pole on the right, I can't go right of it. There's a hazard there, right? right. So I'm going to aim two poles left, and I'm going to try and cut this back. And this is on 18 at this course I play. I, I can think about yep. the member guest with Ryan. I can think about the shootout. I actually envision holes that has given me trouble in the past or that I know that has the hazard where I don't want to miss it. Yeah. And I'll go through it in my head. And I know it sounds silly, but it actually no, it makes the range more fun. Yeah. And it, you're prepping it, for the course more. Right. You know, I think you can work on your work on something mechanically, but you're playing out of the range, right? Yeah. And I love the 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 hole that like if you play a golf course eight to ten times a year, whatever your home course is, or one one of those home courses, you know the holes that give you trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know it and play those out in the range. Right. And so that yeah. it just kind of creates more recognition and hopefully more confidence when you go step out on the course. Um, and the biggest thing for our listeners too, from a range standpoint is different targets, pick different targets. Oh, yeah. If you're going to do nothing else, the whole, like the reason why people think they stripe it, this is funny. We've never really talked about this term. The reason why people think they stripe it on the range and then don't on the course is your targets are too big on the range or you have none. So you think like I've done this, you're, you're hitting it pretty solid, right? But you're focused on impact instead of where it ends up. And so you might hit one 30 yards, right? But if you're not actually thinking about where you're trying to hit it, you don't recognize that that just went into a hazard on the course, right? So it's actually thinking about where am I trying to hit it? Let me pick different targets. And where am I missing it the most often? It, it, I, I firmly believe that it's not as much about hitting it good on the range versus the course, which again, you can't compare because one has consequences, the other doesn't. So again, right. back to tension, right? One has no tension, one doesn't. 
but I think it's more about the awareness and, and, and attention on the range. I bet you you're not even looking at where it's going because you probably don't even have a small target. No, I think it's, I think it's big. I think it's big. You know, we can always work on getting the most out of our practice, right? Yeah. Um, and I would say another thing, lastly, for me, Adam Long talked about you know, it's a, you hear this a lot, stay within yourself, you know, but he really hit on that when we spoke with him this past year, because, you know, I put, he's playing with guys that hit it longer than him, higher than him, but um, it doesn't matter. He, he just, he knows what he's good at. Uh, he knows what he can double down on. And he just tries to stay extra laser focused on that because there was a round this year. I played with one of my brothers and I, my brother, Mike, he hits it long and he hits driver on like every hole. He's that guy who just pulls out driver yeah, like on Ryan. every hole and just, and just, but yeah, and just bomb, swing. And, and he, he always likes swinging hard. And I found myself trying to play his game a little bit. And I shot a 70, one of my high rounds, 79. Hmm. Can't do that. You know, like, you know, because like sometimes you're, you think to yourself, well, dude, just, just have that kind of screw it attitude. And you know, yeah. that's a good attitude. Just go out, see it, feel it, do it, swing hard, rip it. Right. But that's good. But it's got to be for you. It's not got to be a reaction from somebody else. Right. So, you're more of, you're probably more of like a Chris <laughs> Nagel where swings aggressive, but to conservative targets, maybe you're taking two aggressive targets with two aggressive swings. Yeah. I just don't hit it as, you know, as high or as long as like, you know, my brother Mike does. And that doesn't mean I can't hit driver a lot, but you gotta, that's, I mean, I got off my game. It was like, you know what? I'll give you a perfect example. 320 yard, 320 yard hole downwind, you know, and you, if you landed into a slot, you could get up near the green. Even I could, and I'm not a very long hitter, but is that really what I should be doing when it's tight up there and there's trees? Mike, you know, like, right. because what's the percentage of me doing that? Right. And that means you could probably hit a five iron to 80 yards. Yeah, right. So like again, and you're a good wedge player. Game. Yeah, sure, should there's no reason why you, you know you, you, like you want to hit driver, but for me knowing my game, I'm bringing more into into, you know, into play from right. from a from a uh, penalty standpoint so to speak because I just I've got to make a I'm trying to make a heroic swing. And you, right. and you shouldn't be making a lot of heroic swings. Right. So yeah. um, it, that was one round that really stuck out to me. And it was one of my highest rounds of the year. You know, I'm just like, there's a reason for it. My head was just not in the right place. Yeah. So I think one of the last takeaways for me from this, from 2020, was you just said it, Adam Long, um, PJ Tour winner. He said, it's very rare that he feels good that day. Right. I mean, I think we've all feels, felt it. I think I, I think you're saying like feeling like great, like not that he doesn't feel good, but like like just feels like dialed in. Like right. It's not always there, exactly right. Yeah. right. Something's a yeah. little off, right? It almost yeah. feels like uh, like you know the feeling we had when we go to Branson. We went to the golf trip, and you're playing, you know, thirty six a day, and you wake up on day two or day three, and your body just feels like super stiff and that's when you're doing those stretches in the kitchen at 6 a.m right while I'm making a bloody uh, mary you gotta you gotta get you gotta go those <laughs> hips activated uh, <laughs> i mean that think about it those guys are doing that every day so right. i think the the takeaway is it's very rare that you're going to be dialed um so 
I think it's a bit freeing if in 2021 you accept, again, it's this thought of it's okay. However I play today, it's okay. I'm going to go home. I'm going to be with my friends or family and I'm going to be the same person. It's, you know, I know we tell ourselves it's a game, but just try it. Try the mindset of whatever it is, it's okay. I'm probably not going to feel amazing over every shot. I'm not going to hit every shot great. I'm going to hit most of them probably pretty poorly or not to my, my liking. But if you take a step back and realize that you have the ability to react however you want after any shot, yeah, there's going to be a habit and an automatic thought of, God damn it. I, sh- I can't believe I just did that. You can do that. That's okay. But carrying it to the next one and the next one and the next one, next hole after hole, round after round, month after month, that's when you start getting into real trouble. So I found the first time I started really, I read Zen Golf like, you know, yeah. eight, 10 years ago. I remember feeling a bit freed up in the round because I, I treating every shot almost as like a little mini experiment, mini challenge of, all right, this is my chance to see how I respond. I can respond any way I want. Right. And it's okay. Any shots. Okay. And I think a lot of us that want to play well and want to perform and probably a lot of you listening are like this, if you're listening to our show, it's, that's a good thing. That means that you know, that probably is carrying over to your life. You're probably successful in your life because you want to perform. But I think a lot of us get in our own way. And Adam Long's proof of that, of he just acknowledged it. He saw it as a reality instead of something to always push against and reach to be dialed, hoping to be dialed. That's setting yourself up for failure. That's not reality. Well, if we go into every practice session, every round and every shot with a plan, What's my plan? Because in your job, you know, you work in sales. What's my plan today? How many calls am I going to make? How many emails am I going to send? Right? How many events am I going to go? Like, and, and then go execute. But I think it, it's very often to just get caught up and you're, you're just trying to move as fast as you can with whatever you're doing, whether yeah. that's like your job or whether that's when you're out on the course and, you know, have a plan and stay within yourself. You know, yeah. it's amazing the results we find, whether you're a one handicap, an eight handicap or an 18 handicap. When you, you know, really think about what you're trying to do, you know, yep. and then, you know, and then staying positive, like you said, right. Because those bad shots are going to come. And then right. how do you deta- detach yourself? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you said, because it, it carries over in life, like you said, and that's, that's what we're trying to. We're trying to, you know, when we talk, navigate that whole kind of messy journey, right? Right. So what's your one thing for 2021? Let's close out with the one thing you're focused on. I actually need to think of mine while you're answering. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's obviously um, some of the things I've talked to talked about. I will say I'll, I'll have a little fun with this. For me, I am thinking a lot about speed. As you know, and you like to make fun of me, I don't hit it as far as some of my contemporaries. Um, I'm thinking about, um, you know, how I can find a little more speed. And that might be through using, you know, keep using super speed, uh, our friends of the show. But um, it's a little in the mechanics. You know, I'm really working on that sit move. Um, You know, I've got this thought of 
chest going down and right elbow into right hip, right? They got to combine together, but it's a slippery slope, right? You know, I don't want to get too caught up in this and trying to be somebody I'm not, but I, but mechanically I'm really focused on just getting better of you, you know, of syncing up my lower body in transition and, and covering the golf ball. So, um, so I would say, um, that's kind of, that's kind of top of mind for me, but here's the thing. I don't, it's 30 degrees here. I'm not going to go play right tomorrow. Right. Right. I can go to the range. So for me, it's different, right? When I go, when I get out to the range, I I can work on these things for (laughs) a couple months. Right. The many courses are closed. If they're open on a, on a decent, on a 45 degree day, you know, you're just trying to make solid contact. So it's, that's, you know, so that's where I'm at, you know, it's true off season mode and I'm working, yeah. you know, kind of mechanics, but coming out of that, you know, we'll have to see in a couple months for me, but very different for you. Come on. What's your one thing? You're, Cause you might go tee it up tonight. I, yeah, mean, I was going to go to the range after this, actually. If it gets in the fifties, I mean, I don't know if you can play. I know that's a little cold for you, but you know. yeah, I mean, at that point, <laughs> you got to be wearing a rowback vest over a rowback quarter zip, uh, and maybe a long sleeve performance fee under it. I mean, you got to layer, yeah. you know. Don't forget about the park train hoodies little too. Soft. I've been wearing this on the course. Um, oh, nice, a little softer out west, but yeah, go ahead. One thing, I I want to continue. So I'll say this. I was looking at old, remember I sent you the short game video that we had. I was going yeah. through old my old videos yesterday and it's kind of wild how many different swings and I've I've had how far I've come, but I I think my knowledge is so much higher now of I see the like evolution of how armsy and handsy I've gotten because I played baseball my whole life. Like that's all I knew. Now I'm understanding more of how to use the big muscles. I think my big thing is I need to practice more. I think I need to have a better plan to your point. Mm -hmm. Um, And I need to practice more self-kindness. I think as, as corny as that sounds, uh, I need to just let the stuff I'm working on happen and not get, I need to, it, it started it's finally, I've finally had the light bulb that (laughs) the working on three things is the worst thing I can do. It's a disaster. So I need to understand that it's okay to be working on things, but it's okay to have a lot of inconsistencies because I'm doing new things. Right. And so I, it's, you know, I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's easy to put, be down on yourself because you, you like create these stories in your mind that people have certain expectations. Cause you know, you say I play a lot in Los Angeles. So it's very easy for my ego to be like, I should be playing better because I play a lot yeah. more than average people, or I host a golf podcast. I should be better than I am. Right. But that's not the case. It's the hardest game in the world. I'm working on a lot of different yeah. things. So I just got to focus on one thing on the course and have a better plan um, yes. off the course. I think that's a good key for me. Yeah. No, I like it. We're simplifying here on the, uh, the old yeah. bar train, right? Yeah. If you simplify, you can enjoy the ride a little bit, right? Yeah, you got to enjoy the ride. That's the biggest thing. And we got to find a way to, whether it's Sand Valley or Bandon this year, we've got to yeah. go Assuming somewhere. Li- we get life 
closer to back to normal in the summer or early fall, it would be uh, be nice to visit. You know, give old Chris Kaiser a visit. Yeah, at, for sure. You know, one of his tracks, but uh, no, we've got an exciting we've got an exciting couple months here on the train, and um, I think it's I think this is fun when we do this, and I think it's important for everybody. Cold weather and warm weather climate. You, you got to stop and reflect, and, you know, think about what's ahead for your game. But I think the key is, is dumb it down a little bit, simplify it. Right. I mean, you can, you can work on something, but you, that doesn't mean you have to forget how to play golf. It's a balance. That's interesting. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. And I've seen a lot yeah. of players, you said it more new players since 97 played this past year. I've seen new players get so down on themselves the entire round because they're hitting the same bad shot over and over, but they're thinking about the great shot they hit on the range. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just this, like, it's an ego thing. Nobody wants to be okay with a bad shot. So I think we, you know, you want to display frustration so other people see it. And it's, I think a lot of people can learn from, Learn from that and just remember, laugh at it. Yeah, just you know? just remember the greatest ball striker in the history of golf, professional golf, was Ben Hogan. He said he hit three perfect shots around. Yeah. Everybody's got their definition of great, and, but if he said it, that means he's relying on a lot of a Actually, lot of good and a lot of okay. So. That's a good point. Let's end on this, sir. You just made me think of a great lesson. Um, so I work with someone right off the show. I help someone with their mental game. And uh, yeah. one thing we've talked about is um, your measuring stick after the round, right? A lot of people use score. A lot of people think putts, Statistics. number of fairways, greens. We have shifted our focus to one amazing shot get your one shot and remember that one and i know it sounds cliche and i know you've probably heard that before but i'm telling you i've played golf with someone before which made me think of this where on like the third hole he hit an unbelievable drive like just short of the green this guy doesn't hit the ball very far and it was one of the best drives i think he's ever hit and he's like, that's it. I got my shot. The rest is gravy, well, right? And we all, well, I don't I, care how yeah. bad you are, everyone has a one shot that round. Yeah. It, and what I really love about that, Ev, too, especially post-round, is you're dwelling on the positive. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Like people and joke, tra- oh, tra- it's the tra- shot. <laughs> it's the shot that yeah. keeps us coming back. But the funny thing is people don't focus on that shot that keeps them coming back. They think if about we- the right. 80 shots that were shitty, right? If it was the third hole, 160 out, left rough, you know, and you, and you had just pured that eight iron or that seven iron, but, but transport yourself. What were you doing? What was your routine? What was the wind like? What were your hands like? What were you thinking, right? And okay, it, you obviously were in a good place, right? Yeah. Dwell on that. And then we try to recreate that more than once, right? Love it. All right, guys. Well, I'm hoping um, we've got a lot more of these planned for the year. We've got some mental game roundtables yeah. planned. We've got people from other w- disciplines, not in golf, that are 
very diverse group yeah, coming up. A lot of good show. stuff coming. Um, but hopefully this stuff, hopefully you guys took at least one thing to help you in 2021. I, I'm excited for the year. I'm sure you guys are. Um, if you're oh, not yeah. following us on the socials, follow us at the par train. If you're not subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, you got to subscribe. subscribe and follow so you can stay up to date with every, we post an episode every Sunday, stay up to date. Give, give us a download, send us a DM. And give us a review. We love right? reviews. We love seeing the reviews. Guys, we hope 2021 is your best year yet. Who cares about where the ball goes? We hope you enjoy the ride more and improve on and off the course in 2021. So um, best of health and luck to all of you guys. Thanks for listening as always. And uh, big year next week. See you guys. Take care.